We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Best Ball Mania 3 on Underdog Fantasy rounds 12 through 20 on Rotoviz Radio. Welcome to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined again by Dave Cabin. We are working our way through a Best Ball Mania 3 draft on Underdog Fantasy, new partner of the show. Use promo code ROTOVIZ at underdogfantasy.com to have your initial deposit of up to $100 match dollar for dollar. That's free money. Promo code ROTOVIZ at underdogfantasy.com. Dave, in last episode, we covered rounds 1 through 11 of this squad. We're going to be running down rounds 12 through 20 here as this draft comes to a close. We're up in just three picks. So we'll talk about this selection and then we can remind the listeners where you know we were up to this point. At the top of our queue, we see Russell Wilson's potential new Tyler Lockett and KJ Hamler. Uh, that's probably the, the wide receiver by ADP that we're focused on here. We also have at the running back position, which we're a little light on. But that's okay because we started RB heavy. We have uh, TDP, the rookie out in San Francisco, Brian Robinson, rookie in Washington, JD McKissick, and Sony Michelle as other potential values. And we actually just selected our tight end three, so we can ignore Evan Ingram in our queue there. Um, we're up in just two picks. I really like the idea of adding the potential downfield attack of either Hamler or AJ Green here. By ADP, it would be Hamler. Is that where you're focused here? Yeah, that is. I think that we need to work on our wide receivers that we have right here. I think when I'm looking at the list of available players, Hamler stands out like one that has a fair amount of upside, which is what I would be looking at in a wide receiver here. And I'm also thinking it's possible that we could go Hamler here and then still get green when things come back around. So if you're cool with it, I'm going to hit draft. Yeah, let's let's hit it. And then, of course, you know the additional context around Hamler is that the the health reports have been very solid all offseason so far. And then we now have a situation where Jerry Judy may be staring a little bit of legal trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have to see if he could potentially miss a couple games. Um, I mean, Hamler's even already on the books saying that, you know, he kind of wants to be that that deep seam route target, already comparing himself to to Tyler Lockett. Certainly, you know, here at Rotoviz, we've been a fan of KJ Hamler for a couple of years and he just just hasn't worked out for him so well, but um, you know, now getting the, the massive QB upgrade and potentially the first healthy, fully healthy off season of his career, the stars could be aligned. 
Yep. Um, so we will recap in a second, but I want to mention, uh, given that this is an underdog fo- focused episode, I chose to let the barks of Phoebe the dog that may have interrupted your intro, Curtis, stay in. Uh, any barking that continues to happen during this episode is gladly going to stay in the episode. Phoebe's fired up as everyone else should be for this draft. To quickly recap, at quarterback, we have Mahomes and Stafford, running backs, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Chase Edmonds. Um, in between recording the two episodes, we took Tyler Algier, wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, KJ Hamler. At tight end, you have Zach Ertz, Mike Kosicki, and Gerald Everett. So at this point, we believe that we are wrapped up on tight end. We are wrapped up on quarterback. It's really at this point going to be determining if going after a running back anymore shifts the needle for this team and positions us to uh, you know, finish better. If not, I think we'll be rounding out that wide receiver core. I'm thinking we're probably taking one more running back, maybe two. Um, of the players on the board right now at the running back position, the guys that we have in our queue are Brian Robinson Jr., J.D. McKissick, and Sony Michelle. Now, of course, we already have Chase Edmonds in our backfield. Sony Michelle will be in the Miami backfield uh, in the coming season, we're three picks away. Curtis, where are you leaning right now? Do we go with AJ Green if he's still there instead of the running back? That's what I'm inclined to say. Oh, can you not hear me, Curtis? No, I was muted. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the technical error there. Uh, I think so. I think with DeAndre Hopkins uh, missing the beginning of the season and the the target volume that that AJ Green got last year, you know, we can feel pretty good about him potentially. Improving his chemistry with Kyler Murray. Um, and, you know, teams really will have to, I think, respect the deep ball more this year. You know, with Hopkins' athleticism falling off a little bit last year, um, you know, and Hollywood being one of the, the premier deep threats in the league and, and Murray being one of the premier deep passers in the league, perhaps A.J. Green will find easier waters to tread in this season. And I also like attacking a secondary player you know, in these high flying offenses. And as we, that's really what comes to mind here after we make the selection that I want to highlight a point, um, you know, stacking some of these exciting passing attacks is, is I think going to be fruitful for this squad. So Mac Jones goes 16, five, we take AJ green. So let's, let's talk about this. You know, we've, we've played two cards in the Miami passing attack. Um, you know, we did not stack Tua here, but we've got Tyree kill and Mike Gesicki. Um, we know that they are focused on building um, a very yak-focused offense to take advantage of Tua's skill set and you know the athleticism of of all the pass catchers on those teams. So I, I, I like that. Um, we do have a KC stack with Mahomes and and, J, and Juju. Um, we have two plays in the New Orleans a passing attack with both Michael Thomas and and Landry. Landry representing maybe a little bit of an early season hedge on MT knocking the rest off. But also, you know, this is a play on the Saints just, you know, really taking a major step forward. You know, we saw Winston much more efficient as a passer last year before his injury. Um, and, you know, with Kamara potentially missing some time, the team could lean in a little bit more to a, a, a pass-heavy attack. And then, we you know, when you look at Denver, you know, we have the play on Hamler. He's tied to Russell Wilson. And, of course, in Arizona, we have A.J. Green and Zach Ertz uh, in, in that offense. So, so really... Oh, and then the the third tight end that we took, Gerald Everett, being in the in the Los Angeles Chargers, we really have not selected a pass catching option that's not tied to an offense that excites me, and you know I, I feel great about that. 
Yeah, I really like that aspect of um of this team. And I think that it's easy when you're going through and making picks to just get wrapped up and looking at that player in isolation. But it is good to have in the back of your mind the context in which they find themselves. Because I think if you do that with enough of the players on your team, and not only are you considering the roster construction of your team, but you're also giving yourself mm-hmm. a lot of avenues for the players that you're putting into those different positions on your team to be fruitful, especially in the context of best ball, where some of these players that you're drafting around like 14, 15, you're just hoping that you get one or two or three weeks where they contribute. And sometimes going after those players in the good offenses is the best way to ensure that they're going to be able to at some point contribute for your team. So we are back up in five picks in our queue. We have Justin Ross for purposes of the stack with Mahomes. We have Brian Edwards, uh, Brian at running back, Brian Robinson, Jr., JD McKissick and Sony Michelle. Yeah, the only other things that I could see here, uh, it'd be interesting to maybe put Keontae Ingram in the queue uh, with with Arizona not having much of a defined plan uh, behind James Conner. It looks like he actually just went. Yeah, he did. Uh, he literally went as I said that. Um, <laughs> Got to stop doing that to us. That's like the third time. Yep. Um, so, you know, when I think about our backfield, um, you know, we've only got the, the four players. I don't mind the idea of adding a fifth. With McKissick and Michelle, um, you know, the idea with with Michelle would be our fourth Miami Dolphin, and we would be kind of covered in in any type of game script. Um, you know, we'd get the Edmonds games, we'd get the Michelle games. And then with McKissick, you know, it really seems like he's highly valued uh, for that role in the Washington offense. Even though Wentz is not a, a world beater, maybe we'll get a slight improvement. Uh, a quarterback there and for them to be willing to, to be accused of underhanded dealings um, with the the way everything went down with Buffalo. You know, I think that he's in line for, for a feature role. Um, I kind of lean McKissick here. He feels more protected than Michelle. Let's go there. We'll be done at running back. We can close this draft out with adding three more wide receivers. Yes, definitely. So we went ahead, we drafted McKissick. Uh, As I mentioned, we have Justin Ross in the queue. If you looked by ADP, you have Kendrick Bourne, LaVisca Chenault, James Washington, Sterling Shepard, Devin DuVernay, Justin Ross, Isaiah McKenzie, Byron Pringle, and the rookie Romeo Dubes uh, for Green Bay. Any of those players feel like they need to get added into our queue? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, the other player maybe that you could argue as a rookie would be, uh, Vilas Jones in, in Chicago. Um, 
you know, just path to volume uh, situation there. Let's scroll down a little bit further. Tyquan Thornton is pretty interesting with what the Patriots invested in him and the type of role that he would figure to have. I think that's as deep as we really need to go in the queue as I see a scrolling well into the 200s by ADP. Um, well, let's, let's pause here a minute and just, we have eight picks. Let's talk about LaVisca Chenault, a player that certainly has lost some luster. Man. Um, yeah. You know, do we, do we need to hold on a little bit of optimism giving, you know, the, the, you know, terrible situation that Jacksonville players found themselves in last year? Does the fact that there's other options there now, despite there being Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, are we giving up on Chenault? I mean, I think the team will find a way to give him some scripted touches, but I've kind of given up hope on a volume role. Um, and the one, I, I, the combination of adding Zay Jones and Evan Ingram is what really killed it for me because yep. you got Ingram as the big slot and you got, you know, Zay Jones as the traditional slot. I, I just don't see the path, man. He's also fighting Christian Kirk and, and Marvin Jones on the yep. outside. And that's not even really where he belongs. Yep. He's probably, he's probably just a, a gadget player. He is. And he's a gadget player that I'm not sure is going to get properly deployed as a gadget or that there's going to be a point made to use him as a gadget. Uh, which is why, unfortunately, I'm pretty uh, much off of Lewis Not really wishing I had cashed out on my dynasty rosters when oh, I man. could have, uh, yeah. you know, some of those things didn't work out. That That's a conversation for another time. But we are now back up in four picks. So right now in the queue, we have three rookies. We have Justin Ross, Vilas Jones, Tyquan Thornton. Of course, Sony Michelle is hanging out there still, but I believe we are done at running back. Um, by ADP, the pick here would probably be Ross or Jones. Yeah, I think I want to go. Um, I think I want to go. Thornton, Jones, Ross in that yep. order. I think we might be able to get all three of them, but I'm kind of just thinking of the capital invested um, as as the way. It, to, to determine how targets will be distributed. Yeah. Like, um, and Ross might be the highest by ADP, but I think he makes the least sense, even I mean, including the stack because, you know, didn't get drafted. Yeah. There's a lot to overcome there. So between Thornton and Jones, yeah. um, I kind of like Thornton better because I think the overall situation he's going to be in um, feels like one that he could capitalize on a little bit easier than Jones. Do you disagree? I think he's the least like, I mean, he stands out as a unique option in the Patriots offense. Yep. Uh, we know that the biggest leap that quarterbacks typically take is in year two. Uh, I, I like that both for Jones and for Thornton being tied to fields and, and, and Mac Jones. Um, I want to go Thornton here. He was drafted the highest of these players. And, uh, you know, jo Jones is going to be battling. Um, a, a new offensive scheme going in that that Justin Fields is going to be learning. And, um, you know, we don't really, we don't really know what he is even, you know, the team paid Byron Pringle. Uh, we have Cole Komet. We have David Montgomery. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, Jones is really a, a Hail Mary play that, you know, maybe he didn't just bully people in college because he was seven years older than the freshman. <laughs> um, 
it, it's really like a situation of testing draft capital versus prospect profile. Thornton at least checked a couple boxes for us. And I know Sean's kind of turned his opinion around on, on Thornton a little bit after seeing where the draft capital landed. So that's got me back on him a little bit, even for redraft. But again, in best ball, we're just in this late, we're just looking for like, you know, if we got two starts out of him, it would feel great. So. Yep. Okay. And then Curtis, actually, we, we had talked about this. Uh, so you were right when you said it, actually, we, uh, I believe are just 18 rounds in. So we are, we, that was our final pick. Oh yeah. Okay. Well yeah. then there we go. So let's round, let's round out this team. I think we ended up with a two, five, eight, three construction. It's a very common construction in underdog, uh, that, that landed, uh, 13,000 teams, um, were, were drafted that way that, um, made the playoffs last year, 19.6% of teams constructed this way, made the playoffs, uh, 2.1% semifinal advancement rate with a 0.15, uh, advancing to the finals. You know, we're, we're invested early at running back. Uh, we made up for the Henry Chubb start in the first three rounds by creating a lot of interesting stacks to high-flying offenses throughout the rest of the squad. We have Mahomes with Juju. Um, and then we have multiple ways to play the Miami offense, multiple ways to play uh, the uh, Arizona offense as well. So um, Dave, maybe just run down by position where we landed. And then let's just do a self-critique. Are there any picks that we want back or that we would play differently if we got a similar draft spot in our next draft? Yep. So quarterbacks, Mahomes and Stafford, running back, Henry, Chubb, Edmonds, Algier, McKissick, wide receivers, Hill, Smith-Schuster, Thomas, Thielen, Landry, Hamler, Green, Thornton, tight ends, Zach Ertz, Mike Kosicki, Gerald Everett. Well, obviously the glaring point of that we'd like to have back would be the <laughs> Nick Chubb selection in round three. You yeah. know, well, we're working out the kinks, if you will, of doing these drafts while actually drafting. But I think that we were able to make things work. And I really don't mind this running back group that much. Um, you know, yeah, be, on I, that, I just really to interject. Don't, there, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't mind it either. I mean, Chubb's Chubb's uh, BBM. 380p to date is 21.5. We got him at pick 31. I mean, I would not take him at 21.5, but we got an immense value on him. And the player that that I was arguing for as we timed out was Kyle Pitts. I mean, I don't know. Zach Ertz could outscore Kyle Pitts this year. I mean, I don't think it's probable, but I don't think it's like a, oh, hey, if the stars align situation... Um, comes to pass. I mean, the Falcons could just be really bad and Pitts isn't going to, might not score very many touchdowns. And Ertz was, you know, right in line with that type of target volume um, for major stretches of last season. So I don't think we gave up that much there. The only true two, the, the only two true elites at the tight end position in my mind for redraft for this year truly are Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. So I actually think, you know, this could end up playing into our favor it allowed us to wait a long time before we attacked the rest of the running back position. And, um, you know, we were able to get aggressive at, at quarterback and uh, wide receiver through the mid rounds. Yeah. And I think that being able to get back to that configuration with the two quarterbacks, the three tight ends, and then just going five running backs is given us now a position where the wide receivers that we kind of filled out our roster with, 
I think they're going to be useful players. And I also actually like this group of guys in Landry, Hamler, Green, and Thornton and think that they could contribute. So I think that one of the important takeaways for people here, um, especially as you're going to be drafting, most people, once they start drafting best ball teams, draft a lot is just understanding that once you do these, you can realize that, you know, maybe a pick doesn't go the way you thought you were going to. There's certainly a context in where you can make things happen. You know, even as this draft evolved, right, we had talked about different ways we could fill out the tight end spot, ended up going Ertz a little bit earlier than we thought. But then you put together a group like Ertz, Kasiki, and Everett, and I feel pretty good about that. So overall, this team turned out much better than I was expecting when I started off going Derrick Henry wanted to see where that would go on, you know, for this podcast. And then we end up with Chubb in round three and I was starting to think, Oh gosh, like this could be an interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting voyage, yeah. but I don't really think yeah. there's too many other picks that now in retrospect, I want back. Um, it sounds, it sounds like you're on board there. Any other observations? No, I like this team. I mean, it's a, it's a good one to have in our portfolio. Uh, I guess we can call this one, uh, we can edit the team name and make it, you know, Rotoviz podcast, uh, you know, one. <laughs> um, we're, we're probably going to do at least a dozen of these teams together, yep. uh, which will be great. Um, just a reminder on the breakdown of the Best Ball Mania 3 tournament. They've expanded their prize pool, their total prize pool to $10 million on this contest. And it's $2 million to first place. I mean, this thing has just grown like wildfire in its few short years. And uh, we're really excited to to compete in this, and and hopefully uh, you're learning from from our breakdown. And I know Sean and Ben, uh, and then also Sean and Column also going to be attacking this. We have other guys who are really writing up some great best ball 